Shut up and sit down. Hi, Sharon. Thought I'd give you a ring. It crossed my mind, so now I'm wondering if you're not settled in. You might like to meddle in some adrenaline pumping, pedaling. Oh, dolls! I thought you'd never ask. I'd love to get my hand behind some handlebars. You are listening to another episode of the Dialed Podcast with Matthew Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. The guys blabber on about themselves, talk to someone else about some stuff, and finish by blabbering just a little more. There you go. The show in a nutshell. Tip of the day. Talk does not cook rice. So quit yapping and get to it already. You can watch me. Whoosh back on my push back. My tush heart and my thighs. Bumping away. Seems like a sweet deal. It's some three wheels. Yeah, I still steal the show from your camera. On my bicycle. Like was icicle. But now I'm cruising with the grace of a manta ray. You're on the whole game from my own lane. Hey, Lorraine, out of the chain. Yeah, you know that I'm a cycle. Immediately regret this decision. Hi, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering. I'm here with Lance Epler. Lance Romance here for your viewing pleasure. Let's go. And it is a pleasure. It is a pleasure. You're right, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking <laughs> fantastic today. And not here today, you know Price. Not here, but you know who's looking good? Jake with those uh, with those burns. Oh, you like those? Those are razor sharp. <laughs> those are nice. Razor sharp. That's what I'm looking for. Race Wait, let's see how you're looking, Lance. I've got the same. Not bad. Mine are not, not bad. bad. They're not great. They're not. Save that for the back pedal. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Matt, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Fan freak fantastic like usual? Yeah, fan freak fantastic. Uh, my wife's been out of town. In fact, she got home directly before I... Um, Buzzed over here? Buzzed over here. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm going to be an extra 10 minutes late because <laughs> i got to at least say hi to my wife. She's been gone for the weekend. I had the kids for the weekend, so I didn't get out for a ride. Uh, I literally ran up and down my street so oh, I could I get, saw that. get a run in. Yeah, I do that all the time, and uh, that's my watching kids exercise. So, yeah, not great. Hey, tell me the shirt you got. It looks like a... Zwift profile is that what that is? <laughs> it's a it's an interval workout. I know, it's but it looks I like love something that. that you would see on Zwift. But anyhow, yeah. <laughs> did you make that? Is that you? I did not. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, I like uh, it. Okay, so you can get this shirt if you go and check out my friend's YouTube channel. It's called you know Smart Indoor Bike Training. I'll double check the name, uh, but it's a cool channel, and yeah. he does all indoor cycling discussions on YouTube. Really great channel. Love it. And uh, I just I do need to double check the name. Sweet spot that's workout. a sweet spot workout. Sweet, yeah, that's a sweet spot <laughs> workout. And uh, yeah, he's just a cool person. He has very high quality content. I, I bet you've seen his channel before. It's excellent. He reviews trainers and talks about Zwift and talks about like computers that work well for things like that. And um, I'll double check the name of his channel and make sure that it's plugged on the podcast for excellent. him. Excellent. So, yep. Cool. So that's, that's your back pedal? Yeah. Awesome. Um, swam some. Uh, Biked some at some point, I'm sure. We're trying to go fast so we can go. get as much of Matt Legrand today as we possibly can. <laughs> go, move forward. Uh, we got somebody in the background making a little noise. That's over here, okay. Cranking on some bikes, but it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bike shop, kind of. <laughs> Lance, backpedal. 
Um, I did not race this week. Uh, I had planned to go race uh, up in Washington, but um, um, I had a conversation with my neurosurgeon, and he shut me down for a couple weeks. Uh oh. So, I, how did you respond to that? Um, I ended up just uh, riding like a hundred miles this week instead of two hundred and fifty. Smart bike trainers, plural, is the YouTube channel. <laughs> bike okay. trainers, trainers. Okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah, want to get it right. So yeah, um, I he basically told me your back is not healing up. You need to give it a chance to rest. And okay. so I just cut out all intensity. I'm I didn't go to the flogging ride. I didn't go to the race. Um, it's just I, there's a big race I want to do in two weeks, the Sister Stampede, and so I'm hoping that I can heal up enough to do well at that. Good. So are you doing? indoor riding or something like how are you are you just going out on the road and you're going easy i'm just going out you on the ride, road you and ride with me buddy going easy you ride with me yeah we could, i could help you keep it easy <laughs> i did great. one ride where where it was like a hundred under 115 heart rate and under 200 watts which was very hard for me to do yeah. and i rode once with jake and we went harder than that we buzzed around the city a little bit but we really took I it easy. tripped at him probably about a good yes. half dozen times hey there's a problem. My legs feel great. Yeah, My bad. legs feel great. Yeah. But if I do too much, I can't. Um, I can't stand up straight or walk. <laughs> okay. Don't so need to stand up straight or walk when you're riding a bike. That's true. I know. So. I don't feel it on the bike at all. That's the that's the worst part about yeah. it. Yeah. I don't feel you, it on the bike. You think the bike is aggravating it though? Yeah. I think the intensity is aggravating it. Okay. I need it to heal. So he put me on a. Does it matter if you're doing like? I should avoid mountain biking or like, are there certain things that are going to be easier than others or it's just intensity? He's a neurosurgeon who doesn't ride a bike. He says, take a break. Yeah. And I said, what does that mean? He says, don't ride your bike. And I'm like, you don't understand. Right. Yeah. No, I've (laughs) dealt with that my whole life. Why don't you try not running? I've heard that so many times. Wait a second. You know, I my mentally, I will fall apart. I will implode if I just stop. I can't do that. That's how I started triathlon. A doctor was like, Take Stop a break. running. Just try a break from running. I was like, I'll give it three months off, and it didn't help. But yeah. Doctors. Know-it-all doctors. So that's me. Okay. Jake? Um, I had a decent week. You I did? Got about almost 11 hours on the bike this week, which oh. not too good. shabby Not too shabby for me. And we had a, a fun flogging ride. It was a really big You're group. You're coming in hot in that elementary school. I almost scolded you. <laughs> like, this is an elementary school. He was, was sprinting. I was for duking that. it out with Dustin on that one. Where um, you? Yeah. yeah, it was a fun, fun finish. So, yeah, um, good ride. A um, couple little mix-ups there, but all learning moments for fo- for folks. Um, yeah, someone went down, right? Yeah, some wheel touching happened, but okay. um, it, it was uh, on the grand scheme of things, not that big of a deal. Just a little bit of bruised ego, e- ego, and a uh, little road rash. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, it was a, still a fun ride. Still a great workout, and we all went really hard and. Faster for it today. And then I rode with Lance on Saturday, and we did. We weren't going super fast, so 52 miles took almost three hours. Yeah, we'd, um, we, it was like 245 or something like that. But yeah, yeah it w- left in the morning, and it was kind of chilly, like cold enough to where I'd put on a vest, but yeah. it was still bright blue skies, and my knuckleheadedness forgot to put on some sunscreen. So I've got some nice uh, got some lines. <laughs> nice lines going on. There's today. some good lines. <laughs> yeah. But all things considered, it was a fun ride. Um, Got to go see some of Lance's family and check out the cool roads and yeah, yeah fun. Oh, cool. What was the name of that one road that we got to the top of? We both looked at it and we were just like drooling. It it's like called Eleventh. Eleventh Street. <laughs> it's Eleventh Avenue. Right. It's up there north of Philida and it is gorgeous. Oh my gosh! It's yeah. just this long road that looks like it goes forever and it's kind of got this gradual downhill and a little swoop up and it goes through Whipple Creek. There is no traffic on it ever. It yep. is a fantastic. Yeah, I need road. to do some more riding up there. Yeah. So, 
All right, we are going to save all the other mumbo jumbo, the uh, lead out and the Patreon until the end of the podcast today because we're okay. going to try and jump into the topic because we don't have too much of Matt Legrand's time today. Minutes, minutes. So before gonna, I need to go hit the pool. He's, he's got like drop some knowledge. Seven minutes left <laughs> before we get into all this other I, stuff. Yeah, I have no knowledge to <laughs> drop, but let's do it. Yeah. So the the topic for today is crashing and injuries. Um, I'm those good things. At the- Crashing and the injuries part. <laughs> are, yeah, so that's why we need your expertise yes. today, right? Yeah. So we're going to jump into these things, maybe kind of go through some good practices and protocol for, um, you know, if you have to go through some of this stuff. Um, we've all been there. Usually folks that do a lot of bike riding and racing and triathlon stuff, it's not a matter of if but when you're going to have some sort of an injury. Um, hopefully it doesn't come at the hands of a, a bad crash, but um, we do need to cover that as well because many of us have been there as well. Yep. So... Let's talk about the crashing component of it, because that's usually what leads to the injury. Um, I kind of want to get into, like, we can talk about how to avoid crashes all day long, but I think that's kind of like low-hanging fruit. But maybe a lot of people don't think about it, especially in the moment. Like, when you are when you go down, you're, you're right there just thinking about, like, oh, my God, what's going on? You don't, like, maybe have a checklist that you go through of, like, what to think about what to do, good practices and protocols. And maybe if you're with somebody that just went down, what are some things that you should do in terms of making sure that they're safe and secure? So let's, let's kind of touch on that real quick first, just to get that part out of the way. What are some of the first things you need to do? Uh, okay, I've crashed a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, one of the things that I've always remembered is, is uh, if you're about to go down, don't put your hand or arm out to stop you. Yeah. Um, I, that is that is like a natural reaction to try to catch your fall with your arm or your hand. Yep. And um, usually that is what leads to collarbone, uh, collarbone fractures, fractures yeah. or the wrist or your, fractures. Or your wrist fracture. Those are so bad. Yeah. 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 So and sometimes you just can't avoid it. Sometimes it's so quick you have no thought. Yeah. But every wreck I've been in, there's always been this microsecond of where oh, you're like the O S H I T. Oh yes, I'm going down, and and my thought process always goes to okay, tuck. Yep. Just tuck and roll. Don't brace. Try to tuck and roll, which is why I have no skin on the back of my You don't need skin shoulder. back there. No, it, nobody sees that unless mm-hmm. I'm showing it up. Yeah. So it's because I try to land on my shoulder. Now, you can break your shoulder blade yeah, or your I've scapula. Or you can do the whole AC joint. <laughs> or you can separate which your whole AC joint. Turns out you don't need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. So you saw that big... Yeah, can you see it? Yeah. The shirt? The There's PMT. still a separation there. Yeah. yeah it's you not still going anywhere. Separation. Yeah, no, it's not. How's that healing? feeling, by the way? Um, I can't do push-ups very well, but other than that, like I'm pretty, I mean, I'm going to okay. swim in a little and bit. So, yeah, yeah, not cool. bad. So tuck and roll. So that's a tuck and roll. And then, uh, try not to slam your head, but sometimes yeah. you just can't avoid right. all that stuff. Yeah, just have a helmet on in yeah. general and then, you know, do oh, what you yes. can to. Oh my goodness. Please wear a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, uh, if you get taken out at a high rate of speed and, things happen so fast you're not going to have a lot of natural instincts that are going to jump in unless you've been there before and i think that's why lance is so good at the tuck and roll but if you, i've crashed so many freaking times yeah yeah it's it's tough i'm also a ninja <laughs> born and raised born ninja. and raised yeah. ninja yeah so you go down let's say you did the tuck and roll or you didn't and now you're laying there what are some other things that you should start doing like what do you guys like take inventory do you guys think no. about ignore all safety protocol check on the bike first <laughs> is your bike <laughs> but how's broken? my bike yeah yeah um okay the biggest uh issue is head or neck injuries yeah, yeah or, or spinal cord injuries initially so if your head took a slap or neck you know yeah. or yeah. something do not move yeah 
don't move. Let somebody move you or wait for EMS to get there yeah. if that's the case. So I believe it was the Jira over the weekend. Did you see the guy descending Correct. and yes. caught his front yeah. wheel and like yes. snapped his bike in half? Correct. Like Scary. went over his bars. Yeah. Going roughly forty miles That's an exactly. hour. Exactly. And the first thing he does is he gets up and he starts walking around and like the mechanic brings him a bike to get on the mic. No, wait, wait. hold on a second here. But that was a right after he like looks at the bike and he's thinking about getting on. He starts. He just looks like he's starting to get dizzy. Yep. And he looks like he kind of goes over to the guardrail for a little bit. It just doesn't look right to me. And you the know, house of cards so, starts to fall right there. Yeah. And he kind of like starts to sit down by the guardrail, and it's just like, oh yeah, no, he's he's done. I watched it in slow motion. Oh. He actually didn't hit his head. It looked like his whole body kind of did the. Front he flop did. Thing. He like he landed on his shoulder and his side. He didn't really hit his head, but he was going forty or forty-five oh. miles an hour, and so he bounced on the pavement. Yeah, and you're you're gonna. There's injuries. There's no way you're not gonna yeah. be injured. You know, something like that. So the first thing that is you're gonna want to do is just stay put, especially like that's that's the hard part about riding with by yourself. It's like you if you go down, like what are you gonna do? And I've been in that situation yeah. before. I mean, I broke my femur. By myself, I went down on a mountain bike ride. Um, you got taken up by a deer or something. Almost, <laughs> I came around a corner on a single track trail, and there was a deer in the road or the path, and she kind of walked my way. She spooked me, and I spooked her. So she went left and to my left, and I went. I tried to go to my right, but my wi- uh, wheels washed out, and yeah, I landed yeah. on my right hip, and it ended up Breaking. fracturing the uh, femoral neck. And I hit the ground hard, like almost like knocked the wind out of me. But my hip was the thing that hit first. And like instantly I knew something was wrong. I went to stand up and it just didn't work. It just was like, you know, was there for five minutes. Still nobody around. I managed to get my leg over. That was a that was a process getting the the saddle underneath you so that I because I couldn't lift my leg up. But I managed to get the bike underneath me. And I'm like, all right, I just need to get to the bottom of this long single track trail. It was probably another half mile or something like that. And then it was just like slow rollers getting out. You have to go through some like washes and different things. And that was about two and a half or three miles. I'm like, I'll just soft pedal out of here. Jake. So, so I get to the <laughs> I get to the bottom. I go to take my first pedal rotation and I about screamed my head yeah. off. I'm like, this, nope. this ain't gonna work. And so I immediately pulled over and gingerly got myself down to the ground and called my wife to tell her what happened. And she's like, do you want me to call like 911 and and get the, the ranger out there and paramedics and helicopters? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Just just talk me through this real quick. And at that moment, I actually started to feel like I was going to black out. Yeah. And thankfully, my wife knew the trail pretty well because she used to run back there all the time. And I told her exactly where I was at. And um, we were trying to figure out this whole process of me getting out of there. And um, in, in that moment, I, I'm starting to black out. Like if, if I stop talking, you know where I'm at. But then I heard some like bells coming down. Like somebody had like a, yeah. a bear bell in the back of their saddlebag. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, hold on, there's some people coming. And two guys and one of the guy's sons was there and they were nice enough to stop. And what ended up happening was they got me back on the bike. I told my wife exactly where the end of the trailhead was and I'll meet her there. These guys helped me get back on the bike and then they pushed me up all the hills and through the flat sections. And then I slow coasted down everything without pedaling a single time. So basically used my mountain bike as a wheelchair to get oh out of gosh. there. Going through like like river passings and, and uh, oh through like this. Gosh. It's one of the sweetest, funnest, yeah. most awesome single track trails to, to race. No thanks. And then at the end of it, there's my wife with the car. They helped me get into the car, put the, the bike on the, the bike rack. Wife went back to the house because I made her go back there so I could change because I didn't want them 
to cut my kid off of me at the hospital. Right. Took me to the hospital, got admitted, was there for a couple of days and had surgery, put um, three titanium screws yeah. in my, my right hip. But you're all still there. All still there. Yeah. Titanium for life. So, but that was, uh, that was an adventure and that was a, a long process and it was tough because I was by myself. Like, what if I was there and there was no cell service? And it was nighttime. And it was nighttime. And the and bears it, get hungry out there. It, exactly. Mountain lines where I was at. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, it, it was a little bit later in the day. It was probably 6 o'clock at night, and it was August, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. No, September. So there was still a little bit of light left. But, I mean, that could have ended poorly. Yes. So. Scary just stuff. makes you take pause on like where you ride and when you go ride by yourself, and that's why I get worried about you all the time. I do it too much. So yeah, yep. I think the satellite phone that makes me feel better that yes, you have one of those. I do yeah. have one yeah. of those in my pack. And so, as horrible as this topic is, yeah, I'm out of here. You out of here? <laughs> do you have any story that you want to share with us before you leave? Make sure your bike's in good shape, you know? Make sure that the, you can put your weight on your arrow bars. On your, so your stem doesn't just uh, implode on you? Yeah. Cool. Well, right, thanks Matt. for your time, Matt. Wish My we could have we missed you. a little bit longer. Yeah, we maybe, love you. We'll do it. Maybe we'll we can get somebody else to come jump in on this microphone thing. <laughs> see what happens here when we, uh, we drop Matt out from the equation. Hold on a second. All right, there we go. It's just me and Lance now. Hey, cool. Look in the right direction. Yeah. All right. So taking inventory, probably not riding by yourself in the first place is a good thing. Um, or at least when let people know where, know where you're at and, and have constant ability to communicate with people and just be willing to pay the piper if uh, you get yourself in a bad way. But if you're there with people, I mean, you need to secure the scene. I mean, there's a first aid and CPR protocol, you know, if you're certified, you've got to kind of stop and survey and yeah. like, you know, make sure that somebody's kind of taking charge, uh, making sure that you're securing the person, and then you, you want to get you know ambulatory help if necessary. Um, we had a couple little mix-ups on our flogging ride, and thankfully everybody was okay. And it was it was pretty not pedestrian, but it, you know, it was just you know road rash and like a little bit of a, a little cut and whatnot. Right. You know, you can kind of pick up on that pretty quickly. You're not having to call nine one one, but um, if it's something that's pretty severe, yeah, you, you need to get paramedics there. Well, case in point, I've had, so I, I, I crashed two weeks ago in uh, the middle of the Cascade gravel grinder. Um, I hit the ground pretty hard. We, yeah. we were going 20 miles an hour. We weren't going that fast, but I hit the ground pretty hard. Luckily, nobody hit me. Uh-huh. But as soon as I hit the ground, I immediately sat up and went, like, felt my shoulders, felt my arms, felt my legs, and I'm like, I'm not hurt. Yeah. So I stand so, up, yeah. and I'm like... My head hit the ground, but I didn't see stars or anything. That's where you got lucky. Yes. the fact that you didn't get any kind of a concussion, and that's a testament to having a good helmet. Yes. But that's something that can really screw with you because there are a lot of people that will have that happen, and they think they're fine. But what they don't realize is they... Their head is not right. Their head's not right. And having like amnesia is a very common thing when you hit your head yeah. and to not remember like the last hour or two. And then like you think about it like, oh gosh, I actually rode for two hours. I don't remember, I don't remember any, it. anything. That's kind of a scary thing. Yes. And that happens often. It does. And people think that they're fine when they're actually not. So, you know, the fact that you got back on the bike and rode and raced and won somehow <laughs> and hit your, it hit your head with, you know, damage on your helmet. The helmet's toast. Yeah. That that's just bonkers to me. I that's 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 why I don't quite understand. I I mean, why can something like that happen? And I came through relatively unscathed. Yeah. And you have this very similar thing happen in a race this weekend. Yep. And we have a friend of the podcast and a friend of ours who was injured pretty badly. Yeah. Um, his head's okay, but his leg was not. 
Well, he had you know, surgery this morning to yes, put it all back together. Correct. So, you know, why does that happen sometimes? That's just it. It. I, I'm not so cocky to think that it's my ninja skills that save me from, yeah. you know, Rex because that's not the case. It's There's a whole lot of luck involved, too, and trying to put yourself in the right spot in the right position and making sure you're yeah. following the right wheels. But You've got a lucky rabbit's foot in your back I pocket. Do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I agree with that. Um, that's, that's another tough thing. I mean, like in a race too, like, do you know how the race went? Did they carry on or did they neutralize the race? Do you know anything about that? Um, is a whole, that's a whole nother story. Oh no. <laughs> is that something we can talk about or no? Uh, yeah, I think so. I just have to not use names. Go for it. <laughs> um, that, where that wreck happened, there were, there were two different forties, uh, plus fields going on at the same sure. time. And the second field got neutralized behind them. Um, th- because an ambulance had pulled up to um, take care of to the take care of the scene, yeah, and so they blocked the road when the ambulance came up. So one of the one of them got neutralized, but there was a, a guy, and I and I don't have the story quite right. And part of this is rumor, so that's why I'm not using any names sure. at all. But in the other field, um, a guy had broken away at the front, and. Um, Right after the, uh, I, I don't think he got as held up as the rest of the field, and he went around the pilot car. Oh wow! He like uh, was the pilot car trying to neutralize him? Yes, and oh. I think he went around the pilot car, and he ended up winning the race, but he was DQ'd for for not following the commissar's instructions huh. or whatever. So I don't exactly have all those details right. I know I don't have the details right. But, but he got a good workout. But he did. <laughs> he got a very good workout. He had a very strong solo breakaway. Would have probably won the race anyway. Yeah. But um, he got DQ'd because he went around the uh, pilot car or yeah. whatever. So going back to the the person that's that's on the ground and, and doing all the, the inventory checklist and just making sure that that person's safe and sound, I mean, if you've got any inclination that this person's got some head trauma, then they need to be shut down. Somebody needs to come pick them up. Um, at, at what point in time, though, do you draw the line and say, all right, that person's good. They can get back on their bike and they can go ahead and ride um, and they don't need to be picked up or taken to a hospital. Yeah, if they're seeing stars, if there's damage to their helmet, if um, if they can stand and move okay, if the bike's not broken. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. There's um, there's different trainings that you can get for like head trauma uh, for people that have sustained any kind of head trauma in any kind of an accident. In terms of checking them and, and making sure that they're um, they're not dealing with said head trauma. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the institution that, that does this, but I've actually had some of that training before for like a coaching licenses and, and things of that nature. But uh, generally speaking, it's like if, if they're having any kind of memory recollection issues or if they're having repetitive questions that they're asking, yeah. um, if their eyes are tracking funnily, uh, if their their pupils aren't dilating correctly, if their speech is um, any kind of weird, weird, if it's kind of like mumbled or if they're, you know, just not talking the way that they normally talk. And that might be kind of tough if you don't know the person all that well. But, you know, you can kind of get a pretty good consensus as to where they're at there. And then obviously want to take a look at the helmet to know that they, in fact, hit their head. Yeah. Um, that that's that's a that's a big thing. That's probably like the the most difficult thing to, to deal with is you know, try to assess a head yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah, TBIs are not something that you want to mess no, around with. It's not. So um, going through that process is probably 
um, a good thing for a lot of people, especially if you're doing, you know, competitive rides and racing and all that, just to have a little bit of training or a little bit of expertise and, and background. And that would be a good thing. Right. So I know, um, with this race that happened this weekend where the uh, rider had the leg injury, luckily one of the other racers was a fireman. Uh-huh. Uh, when this, when this individual went down, he was in a significant amount of pain because of his leg injury and the fireman was able to get him in a more comfortable position yeah. before the ambulance got there so that he wasn't screaming in terrorizing yeah. pain because he was. <laughs> And so that was fortunate that that happened, and he was able to assess yeah. head yeah. injury issues or that's whatnot funny as well. Our old our old teammate, our, the late Michael Myers, um, he had a, a little bit of a propensity for for crashing every now and then because he's just an aggressive rider, right? He is an aggressive rider. Uh, he, he didn't have the best vision either, no. and that's not a good combination. Yeah, <laughs> we were doing a ride out at the Bridge of the Gods, and he was it was myself and him and another teammate, and we were just moving, making our way from. Multnomah Falls back to Littoral Falls and it was just before we got to Littoral Falls um, there was some shadows and then there was a depression in the road that he didn't see and he had his hands just really relaxed on the bars and he was bent down and we were all taking rotations um, he hit that depression and lost control and I think we were going about 28 miles an hour and he yeah. ended up going over the bars and he hit his head extremely hard as well um, broke some ribs punctured lungs and whatnot but he has z- or had zero memory of the entire thing and when when we stopped because the the teammate that we were with kind of got caught up and taken down as well and thankfully I didn't get mixed up in that yeah. um when we when I got back to him he was unconscious he was moaning and I was trying to assess the scene make sure that he was set and that the other person was set and it just by like you know pure dumb luck the first person that rolls up on it is an er nurse with 30 years of experience oh wow and yeah and she was there with i think it was her daughter-in-law who was a a a newer a newer nurse so they helped stabilize the situation and it was probably four cars later it was an emt technician that worked for the fire department that was there so it was like why they're 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 everywhere it's like you know that if if you're gonna crash make sure that those people are around you right right (laughs) so they totally helped secure the scene unfortunately it took the ambulance probably 30 minutes to get there yeah and um Michael was still having a heck of a time and he just didn't have any any recollection of what was going on and he was just hurting but we kept him stable and those nurses were fantastic so but it, it, it happens it happens I yeah. when I had my bad wreck at uh, Mount Palomar at yes. training camp last year um, I went over the handlebars at like 40 miles an hour and uh, somehow managed not to hit my head at all as soon as I hit the ground and rolled um, I I immediately stood up. <laughs> it's just my reaction. It was yeah. like, am I injured anywhere? Everything feels okay? My my collarbones aren't broken? My shoulders it's are okay? It's kind of funny you say that. It's like we almost want to prove to ourselves that we're okay. Yes. Like we want to get up and be like, brush it off. You're okay. Exactly. Dust it off. You're going to be good. You're going to get back on your bike and you're ride home. That's the same thing I did when I broke my hip. And yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't last it did. for very long for all of about one second, but... Well, I stood right up and, of course, I had teammates on me immediately and they're like, Lance... Sit down. Yeah. And then Dr. Hanel, he was just 30 seconds behind, and he's like, and he came right over to me, looked me straight in the eyes, and and started asking me all these questions. Yeah. And he was asking me questions to find out, did you hit your head? Do you know what day it is? Do you know what time of day it is? Do you know what month it is? Do you know who's the president? He was asking me these questions. 
and I hadn't hit my head, so I was okay. Yeah. And that's a good thing, the asking question point. Um, I actually had a bad snowboarding injury. Um, long story short, broken binding, went over a big tabletop, crashed, have no memory of about nine hours. And when I was able to get back down to the bottom of the lift, um, my friend who was an EMT called over the paramedics and they they sat me down and they started asking me questions. Of course, don't remember this. Yeah. They asked me what year it was. I was telling them it was 10 years earlier than it was and, and who the president was, didn't know. And just a bunch yeah. of questions like that. And I failed every single <laughs> question <laughs> miserably. And it was off to the hospital I went. Like, so Nope, you're done. Yep, you're shut down, buddy. So that that's a, that's a good thing is the, the question. Yeah, the question to assess traumatic brain injury yeah. or not yeah you know another thing too is when we had our little accident with michael and and our other teammate at the uh littoro falls back there in the gorge um it was that that road back there there's not much of a shoulder there and, is no shoulder you know, yeah. making sure that you secure the scene to make sure that no further damage happens and maybe kind of try to get yourself out of the road as best as possible so that cars can still come by and you know don't be afraid to wave people down to ask for help but you know that's something that that you're going to yeah. need to to take stock on or take inventory on as well as getting yourself out of the road so that you don't get run over by a car correct i wow. hate talking about all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> um we've just had we've just had so many incidents stuff happens you know yeah. and sometimes you come out okay sometimes you don't you just have to know how to respond to it correctly and quickly so you don't make it worse exactly you know, when I got hit by the car three years ago, again, more another TBI there. I have zero memory. Don't um, remember the for about three and a half, four hours. Was, I can remember being with our teammate Sean Martin. I can remember a couple little tidbits, um, and I know exactly where we were at. So it was probably a good thirty minutes before we got hit. And then uh, the next memory I have was probably eleven thirty, if I'm not mistaken, at night um, in the hospital, like asking why am I here, what what's happened? going on, and why does everything hurt so friggin' bad. And then they put me back under to go try and fix my shoulder because yeah. it was completely torn out of my shoulder socket. So um, that that sucked. <laughs> but again, that was a situation where, you know, Sean was in the road, like, and was completely, like, just like, oh, you know, just like he was yes, done. Yes, he was out. But, well, no, he he kept maintained consciousness. Okay. You know, I think from an, uh, from an acute standpoint, he had it worse than I did. You know, he broke his back, he broke his knee, his toe, his, his yeah. you know, his face was pretty beat up he went into a windshield pretty stinking hard at glass all over him and he was in the road bleeding everywhere and i landed 115 120 feet away from where the impact happened down a 25 or 30 foot steep embankment in a big blackberry thicket and if you don't know what those things are they're full of thorns like you even it's just like thorns. like look at them and they're gonna poke you right so I was in the middle of that, and when the responders got there, my bike was in nine pieces. If you look at the thumbnail art, that's my bike, by the way, after that crash. Um, yeah. So it looks like your camera oh, died. Oops. <laughs> so it's just Lance now. Um, sorry, I'll get that fixed here in just a second. Anyhow, um, so my bike was in a bunch of pieces in the bushes and some tall grass, and you couldn't see anything. So it was pretty much... Um, like, there was only one rider there. There was only one rider. Yeah. Unless the driver knew to... Hey, I think I hit two people and not one. And if Sean wasn't there to say, "Hey, um, okay, there, I have a buddy. He's he's somewhere else." Well, when the responders kept got there, they're like, "Hey, he's like, hey, there's another person here." And they're like, "No, you're okay, buddy. Don't worry about it. We, we got you taken." And he's like, "No, really, there's another person." And he had to convince them a little bit that there was actually two people, two people. that were hit. And they finally figured it out. And there was a police officer who was the first one on the scene. He went over and he determined. Oh, there is another guy here. He 
blazed down this like steep embankment. They like to get me out of this place. They had to put me on a flatbed or a, a stretcher, a litter, and, and it took four firefighters and a rope and pulley system to get me out of this this embankment that I was down in. Oh my gosh! So this guy goes flying down there, goes right into the middle of that blackberry bush, and he was getting tore up just as much as I was, and he was sitting there with me. Just yeah. So. <laughs> My gosh! What other injuries have you had? Tell us about another lens lens crash. Um, I've, I've had I've had a, a few too many. That's the problem. Um, the the Palmer one was the the worst one for me, just because um, it, it took me out for several, like a month and a half. I didn't ride. I actually broke a piece of my hip when it happened, and uh, luckily that was the only part that that actually happened. Um, so I was fortunate that it wasn't worse than that. For sure, but what about in your triathlon days? Um, any crashes on that TT bike? Did you do the, any of the infamous uh, "I'm a triathlete, I'm going to crash my bike" thing? <laughs> I I don't recall any crashes on my okay. time trial bike. And then I want to take this even a step back further. And I know this is kind of off the the beaten path here, but what sports did you play again in, like, say? You know, as a as an adult or not an adult, as a youth, and then in your high school years, what sports were you playing? I was a uh, I, I I was a decathlete. I uh-huh. did the decathlon, track and field, and high school I, and college. High school and college. Okay. Yeah. Well, what else? Um, and then I played soccer. Okay. As well. So I think that's where you got your cat like skills. Well, I, I think a lot of it is. Um, I was a pole vaulter. The pole vault is the part is part of. Um, the decathlon, uh-huh. and there is a lot of uh, spatial awareness, like gymnast type, yes, skills. abilities, like just y- your being aware of where your body is in space. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that's something you can teach. It's just something that's a little bit more innate in me. So I think that that being in your tuned DNA, if you will, yeah, um, you know, you're a good athlete to boot because obviously you're doing decathlon stuff. Um, Using a little bit of everything. Going into the the triathlon world, you probably had a little bit better proprioceptiveness awareness on that bike, so that you're not necessarily going to be crashing as much. And probably when yeah. you do crash, it's usually because you're pushing the envelope a little bit too hard, or you know, like the the gravel grinder one. It was just not even a lapse in judgment. It was somebody that just you're in a tight group, and if you look away for a split second, like you did to get your yep. water bottle, and somebody yep. does something erratic, then you're going to go down. I don't care who you are. Yeah, for the most part, luck. for the most part, you don't have those crashes by yourself that's you know like self-induced unless you're really trying to push the envelope on something um most of my i've had very few crashes actually on the road when i'm riding the road but on a mountain bike or cyclocross bike um i've crashed those (laughs) hundreds of times (laughs) i had a i had a crash on the road um here in the the washington vancouver area when i was new to the area and I quickly learned that in Washington, wood bridges are slick. They can be slick. On two different occasions, <laughs> one on the road bike and one on the mountain bike. And both of them, I hit the wood, and it's just like Bambi whoop. on ice. And it's like, whoop, you're down, buddy. Yeah. So If it's sprinkling, you got to be cautious of those wood bridges. Yeah. yeah so sure. um, other crashes, anything else you want to? Um, a lot of my dirt crashes, I haven't usually gotten injured, luckily. Yeah. I, um, I, on my mountain bike, I... I don't jump it. <laughs> I don't do jump lines. I don't do stuff like that I'm that like downhillers way. or mountain bikers do. I'm just I'm beyond that. I'm, I used to eat that stuff up as a kid. I yeah. still 
enjoy jumping a little bit, but I know that I'll push the envelope too hard. And the next thing I know, I'm going to be on the ground and saying to myself, why did you do that? It was just one stupid little slip up or one little mistake and done. Yes. You know, I, I've got to go to work on Monday. I've got a family and I still want to ride my bike. I don't want to be like casted up and healing up. So. Yes, correct. So I guess I've just been fortunate with all that stuff. You know, my... My back issues that I have been dealing with the last, you know, five, six, seven years, that's all, it's actually not the result of, um, bike crashes, bike crashes. It's a result of repetitive use. It's abusing my body as an athlete for a number of decades. And then so, the position that you had to stand in while you were treating patients as a dentist for bent a yeah, decades. Bent over for a couple decades yeah. working on patients all day. Yeah. yeah, that was the other thing. So here's another crash that's going to segue into our next part of this topic is I was racing my mountain bike. I was doing a, um, it was like a, a, kind of like a short track-ish kind of race in Southern California. And I was coming through a novice field and um, I was kind of following a line and a guy came in a little hot behind me and kind of hit me in the back and sent me over the bars. Oh, flew over, hit my head. I've hit my head too many times. Yeah. It, that explains a lot, right? <laughs> so I hit my head, got a little bit of a uh, bell ringing there, if you will. And then I also, because of the way that I was hit, I didn't tuck and roll. There was like a bunch of like sagebrush kind of stuff, and I didn't want to yeah. go flying into that. You know, you're just trying to protect yourself. But just the way that I landed on my outreached arm, it caused the humerus to kind of jam up into the, it's called the glenoid fossa, which is that the, the little basin that the, it like kind of articulates around. Yeah. Arm. So that went up in there super hard, and it cracked that. And then in the process, oh. I tore my supraspinatus, which is one of your primary um, rotator cuff muscles. Yeah. And I tore my labrum, and this was in my right shoulder. So that's about when I <laughs> ended up hanging up most of my uh, my uh, slow-pitch softball career. Ah. I used to be a pretty decent ball player, but <laughs> anyhow. Um, so that happened, and what did I do? I got back on the bike after I got everything straightened out, and I finished the race, and I still got 13th out of 50. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> and gosh. I didn't know that anything was wrong with my shoulder, so I took, like, two or three days off the bike, and then I got back on the bike, and I started riding again. And I just kind of kept going through it, and I would come home, and I would, like a big giant baby, complain to my wife and say, hey, you know, my shoulder hurts way on, you know, take care of me. Um, and she's like, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, I don't need to go to the doctor. I'll be fine. I'm just going to rub some dirt on it. It this This crash happened in July. I finally went to the doctor in late September, early October, <laughs> and um, he did x-rays. He's like, you're an idiot. You broke your shoulder. You've got what looks like some possible tears. So a couple of weeks go by, and I go and get my MRI, and um, they determine that, yep, I've got all that stuff, and then I'm supposed to have surgery. And because I took so long to get in there, the soonest they could get me into surgery was the beginning of December. And at the time, we were oh pregnant gosh. with our youngest daughter. Five months. Yeah. And that I, I was, and I was doing physical therapy, just like some prehab stuff, just to get stronger for when I got done with the, the surgery, so that when it actually happened, um, you know, you can kind of come back and bounce back a little right, bit faster. Right. I ended up canceling the surgery because we were too close to my daughter being born, and I didn't want to be held up in a, an immobilizer for however long it was going to be. And I ended up just doing physical therapy for it, but that process took a year. But the the moral of the story here is don't be an idiot and think that you're you know superhuman and that you're going to heal every single time. If, if it right. hurts for more than a couple of days, you probably need to go see the doctor. Yes. Like had I done that earlier, I probably could have had surgery and probably could have expedited the whole process and probably could have been better, you know, at least closer to being better by the time my daughter was born, as opposed to having to add another six months of physical therapy on that right. because I opted in not to do the surgery. So how often, Lance Hepler, 
do you continue to ride Lance Hepler, like this past weekend, Lance Hepler, (laughs) when doctors and medical professionals and other people have told you not to ride, yet you still go out there and get on your bike? Yeah, um, I'm not a smart man sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, Yeah, you know, my crash on Palomar, um, I crashed, I stood right up, I felt like I was okay, and within... Within 20 minutes, I couldn't stand on my left side. Yeah. So I knew that something was wrong. I couldn't ride anymore anyway because I broke my bike into pieces yeah. anyway. So it was ruined. But And it turned out that I, I chipped. I chipped. I, I, I didn't break my hip. I broke a piece off the acetabulum rim, yeah. which is the socket where your, where, your, that, where your femur sits into. Yep. And so there was no surgery that had to be done, but it was like non-weight-bearing for... Like a month. Yep. It's supposed to be a little bit longer than that. I think it's supposed to be six <laughs> weeks. But what what's Lance out there doing? I was one legged. Uh, I was one legged swifting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the other side. So dumb. It's hard. It really is hard to to turn that off and to you know stop training because you, you generally you're in good shape and you've been going hard. Especially if it was in a race, you know that you're finely tuned. And then all of a sudden you go from all of this training, all of this fitness, all of this fun stuff on the bike to Womp, 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 not doing anything. I tell you, um, one of my biggest issues is I, I, I know that things will change. Okay, I'm 51 years old at this point, and I know things will change. So while I'm healthy and while I'm feeling good, I want to race every chance I can get because I know it's not going to last forever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean... I'm just going to be able to do a couple races a year, or by the time I'm 60, I'm broken enough that I can't race it all anymore? I don't know. You're I don't racing on Zwift, huh? I, yeah. <laughs> on a hand bike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be doing that. And so when I'm feeling okay, I, I go race or I ride or yeah. I take advantage of that. And so sometimes when I have a little injury that I don't think is bad, I just push through it. And I've always had this mentality of push through the pain, just look beyond yeah. it. You know, that's, that's part of being an endurance athlete. Yes. That is the, that is the Ironman mantra. Uh-huh. I, I pushed myself in some Ironman races way beyond where I should have <laughs> stopped, yeah. you know, where, uh, you know, where you end up in the medical tent for hours and hours because you pushed way beyond what your body really should have done. And, and that, and part of that is the power of the mind and what you can kind of push through. And part of that is just sheer stubbornness yep. and stupidity. <laughs> and I don't know where that comes from or what that. Some people have that innately in them, and and some don't. It just you know it just kind of depends. But that's the biggest deal for me. This recent injury, I didn't feel like it was an injury. I I bounced my body off the pavement pretty hard. Yeah, you're like I'm gonna hurt from this. I'm for gonna a hurt few from days, this. Maybe a week. I have a fragile back. Uh-huh. I have four or five vertebrae that have small herniations that have always been there for the last seven, eight years. And so I'm prone to more disc herniations and potential sciatic issues because of that. And I don't want to believe that I'm just going to break again. These last three years have been friggin' awesome yeah, for fantastic. me. Fantastic. <laughs> They've been really good for me. But I just don't want to believe that that's going to happen. So for me to be have all this training I've done, all this fitness. I mean, I've raced 15 times this year, and yeah. I've been on the podium just about every time. 13 of those, yeah, which is phenomenal for yeah. me. 
And so I don't want to, I just didn't want to lose it. So I kept thinking, it's going to be okay. It's going to get better. And then when I just can't stand properly. Or sleep properly. Or sleep properly. I finally had to call the neurosurgeon. Were you getting a little grumpy too? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I get grumpy if I just don't ride for a day. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I've been kicked out of my house before and told to go ride my bike, so my attitude will get in check. So, (laughs) so yeah, it it ends up being a a more complicated, you know, mental issue and how you deal with those things. So So. it was about a week ago. Doctor tells you, Lance, you need to shut it down for two weeks. Doctor's not a cyclist. Doctor's not a trained athlete or an endurance athlete. So he's not going to quite get the, the, the mentality or the psyche, but I'm sure he's dealt with plenty of them and some of his partners are and he's dealt with me before as well so he knows me and he knows my history so do you think in the back of his head he's thinking if i tell him to shut it down for two weeks at least he'll like kind of calm down a little bit for two weeks he's not going to take the time off but you know that's you know you ask for one thing hoping that you'll get another i i i think so he you know he also has me doing some pt stuff okay and he started me on uh, a a strong uh, anti uh, inflammatory uh-huh. as well to try to help to see if that will help things heal. He says, if I don't get some decent results, then I'm going to need an MRI and the MRI will show if there's a new herniation that needs. You told me about surgery. this anti-inflammatory um, stuff that you're taking. Tell me the side effects from that potentially again. <laughs> this is this is like every single endurance athlete's like worst nightmare. Go. Okay, all the potential side side effects. It's, yeah. it's nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, um, uh, um, fatigue, fatigue, <laughs> chronic fatigues, uh, restlessness, sleeplessness, and weight gain. Yeah, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. <Sign me> up. <laughs> Luckily, I haven't had any of those. So, oh, does he know somebody that knows you that's trying to get you like shut down? He's like, A, I'm hey. gonna tell him not to go race. B, I'm gonna give him this stuff so it, like just gives him every poor like side effect that right. you could ever want as, tra- as an athlete. Want to stay away from. Probably. I don't know. That's crazy. So, again, listening to our bodies, listening to our doctors, where do you draw the line? Like, when would you, like, seriously, like, shut it down? I mean, what, what's it going to take for you to kind of open up and just say, all right, you got me. I'm, I will take this time off. Is it, like, surgery and, like, you're, you're done? Probably. You're going to go until that, that happens? I don't know. I, I don't want surgery again. I've had back surgery three times. I've had Oof. four major surgeries. Two were done at the same time. Um, it's, it's never fun when that happens. I'm down for six months yeah. when that happens. And, uh, you know, it's not like I'm getting any younger. Yeah. You know, the more these things happen, I'm my athletic life just goes away. Yeah. Well, you know what? I Still, though, I have to give you kudos. I remember back in September... It was uh, Labor Day weekend, 2017, David Douglas, cyclocross <laughs> race. Lance Hepler goes out and does two races that day. I did the Clydesdale race because I was chunky at the time. time. And then you went and did your uh, your age group category. I did the Masters Cat 3 yep. category as well. You came back to the team tent, and it was a yard sale of Lance. And I've got the image burned in my eyes. I've seen it. As a matter of fact, I took the pictures. Lance yard sailed on the ground, like flat on his back, arms sp- sprawled out, eyes shut. And you could tell that. You're in pain. I was in pain. And that was the tipping point for you. And I don't think you got back on a bike after that for how long? Uh, It was probably six months, six or eight months. It was, I don't know if that was the catalyst, but it caused a herniation that I ended up with drop foot that is never recovered. I still have drop foot on my right side. Yep. So, 
Yeah. So you off I've the pushed, bike. I've pushed myself too hard many a times. Bit. Yeah. So you did come back from that though, and you know you did you, you put on some pounds. Yeah. And that was like all right. You had your little epiphany at that moment. Like, I'm going to live my life a little bit differently. And, and to start that off, I'm going to sell my practices. Yep. I'm going to retire. Yep. I'm going to do this whole, like, vagabond living in a van, riding bikes across the world. And, and we, we kind of talked about this even a little bit last week. Um, and then you started training again. And I know that you were, like, in a bad way. And I think that's right around when we started the podcast as well. And just watching you go through your whole process, your metamorphosis in such a short period of time, you had like a full on, like, like I, I've never seen somebody change so quickly. And you've got your little Hepler focus that you always <laughs> like lay fame to. Um, but you, you worked through it and you got really good results. And here you are today. Like you've had a lot of fun times in these last three years. Do you think that this is going to be something that's going to have a lingering effect on you? Or do you think uh, you're just going to have to regroup and, and hopefully it's not that bad, or even if it is that bad, you're going to be able to come back from this again I, and do the same thing. I do think I'm, I'm, I don't think it's going to have that much of a lingering effect because it's not nearly like it was before. I yeah. mean, I had neurological issues immediately after that, you know, time four years ago and I'm not having neurological issues now. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just having pain and discomfort. It's got a pain in the arse. Just a pain in the arse. I have these sciatica symptoms right in the middle of my butt, on my left butt cheek, uh-huh. that um, it just feels like I'm being stabbed all the time. And yeah. that is that is a that is a nerve issue. It's not a muscle issue. You know, yeah. it's it's not piriformis syndrome. It's not. I know where it's coming from because I've seen my MRIs. You know, yeah. for, for the last yeah. five years. So. Um, I, you know, I do think I'll, I'll be fine and be able to be okay, but I might have to back off for a little bit. And actually, this isn't a bad time for me to back off because I've done a bunch of races. I've had a great start to my year. and Regroup for uh, cyclocross. Hopefully yeah. regroup for cyclocross if yeah. we have some decent cyclocross you know, series. Hopefully they happen yeah, this exactly. year. So... So I don't know. I've been I've been fortunate that that accident that happened to me it did completely change my life and very much so for the better. I would not have sold my practices and backed out, uh, you know, and retired when I did if I wasn't injured. I'd yeah. still be working. We wouldn't be as good of friends. No, I wouldn't be racing like I do. I'd be racing occasionally, and um, it's all worked out very good for me. Oh yeah, so far yeah. So you're doing just fine. I'm my doing friend. just fine. <laughs> So, you know, there's a lot of luck involved with that and a lot of, you know, um, fortunate planning and and um, a lot of hard work that took me to get to that point. But, I, you know, I don't want to brag too much because I because people hate me. Let's, talk, let's talk about bouncing back from from injuries, okay. if you will. Um, I talked about my little story when I had the little run in with the deer. We had, uh, you know, me getting carted out of there on my bike and all that other stuff. So I had surgery. They put the pins in me, and I was sent home discharged, and I was told to start doing physical therapy. I think it was like I had to go five days post-op to get a checkup from the doc, and then they cleared me to start doing physical therapy. I started, I think it was about a week after the, the crash, and they wanted just to work on basic mobility and things of that nature because having that hardware in there changed everything for me. It really did. It, it, it gave me the the strength that I needed in the bone to be able to start to work the joint and all that other fun stuff. So it was exactly 10 days post-op that I was back on the trainer, <laughs> riding on the trainer. The doctor tells me, he's <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 hear, I know that With you the like... With a broken 
hip with the yeah. broken. Yeah. Wow. Doc tells me, he's like, hey, you know, riding a bike is actually really good for, you know, building mobility and range of motion. And I said, hey, you don't have to tell me twice. Like, I know you like to ride a bike. Just, you know, just do it on a trainer or a stationary bike and be very careful. I'm like, I can do that. And so I was riding for three days, called up the doctor and said, hey, doc, got a question for you. What do you think about this? I'm like, can I go ride my bike outside? He's like, I wouldn't advise that. I'm like, if I promise you not to crash, and if I crash, it's on me, and maybe you'll get another uh, uh, house payment or two out of this (laughs) in in the means of a a surgery. He's like, well, he's like, you can ride on the bike. You cannot get out of the saddle. You need to keep your watts down. You need to not put extra effort into this. You have to keep it steady, Eddie. So 14 days post-op. I did a 35-mile bike ride. What? It was um, down in Orange County, this little Santiago Canyon loop, and it was you know a decent amount of climbing, but I kept my butt on the saddle. Yeah. Called back to the doctor and said, hey, doc, ride went great. He's like, oh, that's good to hear. I'm like, I'm, I minded all my P's and Q's. I, I did exactly what you told me to do. Got another question for you, doc. Doc, I've got this ride that I do every single year for this charity. <laughs> What do you think? What do you think about me over the course of two days doing a 150 mile ride? He's like, "What?" I'm like, "If I stay within your protocol, is that okay?" He's like, "Oh my god, you're an idiot!" But uh, I suppose like you just have to like shut it down if you start to have any pain or discomfort or anything goes wrong. But if you're gonna do that and you can abide by all my little rules, you can do that. So three weeks post op, I did the MS 150. And three weeks. Three weeks post op. You rode 150 miles. 150 over miles. two days. Over two days. 100 100 miles the first day. It was actually about 105, and then the second day was 50, but it was actually more like 55. So it was about holy cow. Yeah, it was more like 160 miles. But I I did it, and I I heeded all of his advice. There was a couple of long climbs. I think you and I have done one of them before. It's down in like San Alejo, um, if I'm not mistaken. It's about a three mile climb. It's a pretty decent gradient. And I just sat there and spun, spun right up. Spun it. right up. It. Probably went a little bit too hard on that one because after that I started to cramp a little bit. But um, it's hard to ride sitting down and, and like managing yourself when you're yeah. watching people and you see a, a person going by you or up the road. Yes. You want to go chase them down. But I, I did that and I, I was able to get that done. Um, so I following your doctor's orders and not being too much of an idiot <laughs> is a good thing. And that helped me. I think it just kind of helped me kind of know like what I was capable of doing. Um, the whole recovery process I think was excelled because I was willing to work hard and I didn't miss a day of physical therapy. As a matter yeah. of fact, I went to physical therapy every single day for that whole three week time period. And then beyond that, I did every single physical therapy and I was always asking for more. I'm like, I need to challenge myself. What else can I do? Yeah. Everything that they threw at me, I did from ways to rest, ways to to eat and things to be doing on the bike, things to be doing off the bike and just taking a rest day when I was supposed to. Like I listened to them and I think that, that really paid big dividends. So what is it that you do when you're going through the recovery process that makes it be successful for you? Because you've obviously bounced back from quite a few of them. Um, actually, having a plan is actually really important. Working with the medical professional? Yes, working yes. with the medical professional. Um, also, for me, having a goal on the calendar somewhere there you go like there's a there's a race i want to do in three months or there's a race i want to do in six months going back to that same story like yes i wanted to go do this ride because i hadn't missed it and i I helped them raise a bunch of money every year and i just i loved it it's such a beautiful ride that was on my calendar but the thing that i did the day that i got home from the hospital was i registered for this uh this race down there's a mountain bike race um (laughs) it's a 50 mile mountain bike race with a what was actually 56 with about 12,000 feet of elevation gain it was, you know, it, it's, it's called legit. Vision Quest, and it's a legitimate race, and there's some heavy hitters that showed up to this thing. 
I registered from that for that the day that I got home from the hospital. And it was six months, almost to the day later. I'm like, all right, that's my goal that's on the calendar. Goal. I need to get myself fit and in shape and healthy for that so that I can have a good result. So putting that on the calendar was definitely highly advised. And I think that you would uh, attest to that as well. I agree. And, you know, having a goal to reach for. And I hate to say this. I think you and I are different. And Probably the people that listen to this podcast are a little bit different too, in that you know we tend to be athletes with athletic goals or or race dreams or whatnot, and um, you you tend to be able to handle pain and discomfort a little bit more than other people do, and I. I I think that's one of the things that makes me good as an athlete is that I'm not, and most athletes is that you're just not afraid to suffer or to hurt no. or to feel pain. And when it comes to rehabbing injuries, that can be detrimental yeah. <laughs> if so you're not listening. There's a word that you just used in there that, that actually kind of resonates with me on a different frequency, though. The word afraid. Not being able, I, I'm not afraid to suffer. I'm not afraid to work hard. I'm not afraid to sit in the hurt locker. But since being hit by the car, that word afraid is a little bit different for me. And I don't talk about this too often, but I deal with PTSD all yeah. the time. Yeah. I get, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I could go outside and I could ride right now. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to go out there because I'm going to be by myself. I know that it's a time of day where traffic is a little bit higher. I know that I'm going to have to ride on certain streets. And the thought of getting hit by a car again, it really just doesn't sit well with me. So there's yeah. a psychological component to me just opting to go on the trainer as opposed to riding outside on a lot of days. Now, it does change if I'm riding with somebody else. Like if, if you called me up and it's like 6 o'clock or we're going to go do the team flogging ride yeah. at 6 o'clock, that's a whole different thing. It's like I don't know why in my brain safety and numbers really right. kind of like it kind of helps appease that. But to go out and ride by myself, it's hard. Now, yeah. I will go out and I will force myself to because sometimes even like on a weekend, if I'm going to go ride by myself, I'll still be dealing with that to a certain degree. And I get on the bike, and less than a minute later, that all kind of subsides, and I'll turn on my Aftershocks headphones and get a little yeah. bit of music going. They'll kind of pump me up a little bit, and then it's like, all right, let's go get this done. Yeah. And then it'll change things up. But I still deal with that quite a bit, and it bugs the crap out of me because I don't want anything to keep me from wanting to go ride my bike. Right. I wish that we could trust all cars, but that's just not the case. And I know that if I ride out on the road, it's probably going to be – you know, a good chance of some sort of run-in happening. Again, I had a, an almost run-in with a car. It was about a year after the getting hit by the car. I just narrowly got missed. I got the whole thing on GoPro, too. Yeah. That scared the absolute crap out of me. And I couldn't afford to go down either. But in that that pops up my head. Like, that's... every All of my fears are all being, like, you know, um, told, like, you see, I told you that, that this is going to happen. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just a tough part. Obviously, cars on the road is something we can't control. Yeah. But it, but what you can control is how, where, what positions you put yourself on the road yeah. and how well you watch for potential issues oh, coming yeah. up. Yeah. Head is totally on a swivel. Yes. Yeah. So you, I'm always looking for cars that um, potentially could turn left in front of me. Yep. Um, uh, car, cars that are coming towards me or cars that are passing me, are they going to try to pass me and try to take a hard right turn because they don't realize I'm going 24 miles an hour and yep. I'm right on their wheel. Yeah. So I, I'm always watching that. If somebody yeah. clicks on their, you know, puts on the, they pass me, a car coming past me from behind and they have their blinker on, I automatically move to the middle of the road. Yeah, just take the lane. Just take the lane because I'll let them turn so they won't potentially turn in front of me. I still don't understand the mindset of that. I got to get in front of the cyclist and yeah. turn right, right in front of them. 
That just know. makes no sense to me. But anyway, it is what it it's is. It's the same thing. You see a car pull up from on the right side, you know, that it's pulling onto your road. I always assume they're just going to pull in front of me and yeah. you just kind of assume. change. You change how you look at things yeah. and how cars are coming. and Assume the worst and hope for yes. the best. You yeah. know, just like us come like going into the fly to hill this past weekend when we're doing our ride together. We were coming down that hill and that car turned off the cross Correct. street left in, in, into our lane. We had taken the lane. We were coming down doing probably more than the, the speed limit. And the car turned right in front of us. It and, did. And I probably threw a And couple, we didn't have a stop sign. No. A couple choice words maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, like, gosh, dang it. Pay attention. You open yeah. your eyes. But, um, and I saw that car come and it immediately sat up and grabbed brake and just like, I can't believe that this is happening. Yeah. You know? it, I, it wasn't going to be a close one, but the person did see us at the last second kind of stop. But, and then they were afraid to pass us. Yeah, because they didn't want to get chastised. <laughs> they didn't want to get chastised. <laughs> so, um, so there's that. And then another, they can, we can just talk about some uh, some crash prevention stuff. Um, riding in groups is the most fun you'll ever have on a bike. Correct. Unfortunately, you don't always ride with the same people all the time. Right. And a lot of times, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of new people out there riding bikes that want to come out and enjoy a bicycle ride. And they just don't know the rules yet. They don't know the uh, the etiquette or the protocol or things to do. And that's not their, their fault because we were all there at some point in time. Right. But being able to spot that person early and being able to kind of know kind of what they're at and treating them like you would treat a car, like that person's going to do this, 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 and this, and more times than not, they do that. Yeah. That's what's going to cause crashes a lot of times. So two, two prong approaches, A, be able to address or be able to see that person, but also take the time to teach somebody. Yeah. We've got juniors on our team that ask me questions. And, you know, there's one of them in particular that has asked me a few questions and I've let him know that we're going to go take a bike ride and we're going to talk about some stuff so he knows how to deal with certain people that do certain things. But um, being able to understand different kinds of riders, different kinds of uh, things that they'll do, the newbies that they will do all the time, um, they just kind of get this, like, I don't know, they get stuck in, like, tunnel vision. They're just looking at one thing and they're not fully comprehending all the other people around them and like the movements that they make and how that's going to affect a group. Right. Pointing things out. That's just all the little things. So any tips or tricks or uh, suggestions on that front? Um, it's interesting. It, it, all that stuff comes with experience and it's hard to get the experience without riding in groups, you know? Yeah. And um, I, when you're riding in a group, you you know, you really shouldn't be half-wheeling people. That's a lot of times where um, you get in trouble is when you're half-wheeling people. Sometimes it's really hard, really hard not to, to half-wheel yeah, somebody. It's just like driving in somebody's blind spot. Yes. And, and if they come out, all of a sudden your wheel gets taken out, you're done. Yes. If I'm some, still guilty of that all the time. Same here. But I generally do a really good job of like kind of knowing the situation, reading the situation and knowing the rider. Like if I'm going right. to have to wheel, like somebody's probably gonna be a Lance cause I know how Lance is going to react. And it's not that I'm doing it on purpose, but it just sometimes happened. Like the, the pace will change a little bit and all of a sudden you'll come up a little bit and you're just right there. Right. Half wheeled on the rear wheel. Okay. Well my wreck two weeks ago in this gravel race, yeah. um, is funny. There were only 25 of us or something in the group and uh, there was one guy who was actually riding pretty strong, but within like five minutes, I I could tell that he didn't have a whole lot of group riding experience. Uh -huh. And why did I notice that? His his number was pinned on weird. <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but yeah, yeah, just, it, it was just a sign that he was newish, new, yeah. you know, newish to it. His number was pinned on weird. 
um, he he uh, he had something weird strapped to his bike that you wouldn't normally have strapped to race. I don't remember what it was. I think it was a frame pump or something that yeah. you normally wouldn't race with. Um, and he wasn't riding very. He wasn't holding his line very well. Mm-hmm. And so within the first five or six minutes, I realized, okay, he's strong, but that's that's probably not a wheel I want to be on. Yeah, I should try to kind of be somewhere else yeah. guess whose wheel i was on when i crashed <laughs> his yeah it's just it's just the way that the dynamics the work dynamic out worked yeah. out i was right on his wheel and and it's a card you were dealt and, and, it, and it bit me yeah and it was funny because i i remember seeing it at the beginning thinking okay that's not a guy i you just you kind of yeah. figure it out you know once you have some experience and it's hard to get that experience without riding in groups you have to yep. be able to do that but um that's those are the things that just take some time to to kind of learn to try to keep you safer in certain situations. Yeah. So there's one thing that I can tell people if there's one thing that they can take away from that part of this conversation, be predictable. Yes. Don't do anything erratic. Don't do anything that's going to be like jolting to the group because the group becomes kind of like a finely tuned instrument and if it's played correctly, it can do some fantastic yes. things. It can be a heck of a lot of fun. If you get something in there and things become a little bit dissonant, it's all of a sudden like, ah, it just doesn't, there's, I can feel the group. I can feel it. like th- sometimes it's just a little herky jerky. And, and that could be just as simple as like, all right, this is my normal group. And there's just two new characters in here and they're writing a little bit differently. Not that it's bad, but just differently. And like, right. you need to get to know that flavor of those, those ingredients of that group to know whether or not you can trust that group fully or not. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where we're at there. Um, the other part that I can impart is for people that have a ton of experience writing in groups, please, please don't yell at people. Yes. Don't be an a-hole. Be the good person. Step up. Teach and educate yes. them. You know, that's going to go so much further as opposed to like chirping at somebody and barking at somebody and kicking them out of the group and making them feel like a lesser of a person. They're they're new. Like if you if, if you're telling the same person for the fifth or sixth time to stop doing something, yes, that's when you can get a little chirpier. Yes, you can go right off the back or yes, we're going to drop you and we're just you can be your own problem. Yeah, I've done that before to a couple of people. <laughs> yeah, I, I still kind of feel bad about it, but at the same time, it still feels kind of good. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But if you can take the time to teach them, then all of a sudden they're going to come around. They're going to start writing for lack of a better term, the right way. Right. They're going to be predictable. Safer. safer. Yes. It's going to be more economical, more efficient, and it's going to be more fun. If you can do that for the person, that just makes their experience and your experience all that much better. Right. Be the good person. Teach. Yes. And it will pay huge dividends. So, all right. What else you got, Lance? Anything else you want to talk about on this whole topic before we uh, jump into the other minutia? Uh, I, no, I, I, it's like jinxing to talk about so many <laughs> wrecking stories. That has gone through my head as well. Stories. I don't want to, uh, like all of a sudden go out and podcast next week, come in with broken stuff. No more broken stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a good topic. It's kind of nice to get that off your chest. It's like, we're all dealing with our own little injuries. I know yep. that Evan was dealing with his foot injury from yep. overtraining and Matt's had his Achilles problem in his shoulder and yep. you're dealing with your back and I've got this perpetual problem with my shoulder and... Um, I still feel my hips sometimes when the weather changes. And, you know, I used to ride and race motorcycles, and I've got broken vertebrae and rods in my back. So, I mean, we've got plenty <laughs> of battle stories and wounds that we can share with everybody. And we've probably, between the whole lot of us, have dealt with just about everything under the sun yeah. from, you know, broken bones and torn ligaments and head injuries and the whole gamut. So, we've kind of got a little bit of experience there. Um, just be safe, make good decisions. Um, 
you know, help each other out and try and ride with other people whenever you can. Be predictable. Agree. A lot of stuff there. Cool. All right. Let's jump into um, let's do the Patreon right now. All I right. want to do do the Patreon drawing. Lance is going to jump up and get the little Patreon drawing thing here. Uh, for those of you that don't know what the Patreon is, it's just a way that you can help support the uh, the show. Uh, Patreon is actually a what is that like a website app kind of thing where you can go on there and um, work with them, and then we have different tiers for people to. You know, be a part of the show and they can support the show and just a couple bucks that you can toss at it. Lance is shaking the little thing here. What we've been doing is putting all of our patrons on here um, and doing drawings every week. And we've got this whole bin full of all kinds of funds and goodies. And if you've won, we've pulled your name out of there. And Scott Troutman, your name was in there. It's been pulled out because you did win recently. Yes, you did. He, he sent me a text. He's like, I don't think my name's in there. It's because you won. Um, and then once we go through everybody, we will... Um, put everybody's names back in there. Uh, but if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can go to dialpodcast.com. There is a Patreon link right there on the homepage. Click through. You can find one that works best for you. And then, um, yeah, you can help support the show. So today, we're going to pull a name out. Lance is going to let me do the honors. I haven't done that in a while. Let's see who it is here. All right, drum roll, please. We have... Nathan Skanky. Nathan Skanky. Yeah, he's been... Uh, we've had him on the podcast before we have. for... Um, a, a, Listener lead out. Yes. Not lead out. Uh, hot lap. That's he what it was. He lives in um, Arizona now. Arizona now. Yeah. Yes. Doing yeah. Uh, training for a triathlon. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Follow him on um, Strava and get to see all of his little rides. So, yes. Nathan, give us a shout. We'll go through what is in that bin and um, we'll get something shipped over to you so you can uh, you know, you can add that to your triathlon y stuff, maybe. <laughs> maybe some pickle juice in there. We'll throw in some pickle juice too. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of pickle juice in there. It's kind of funny. Um, how about champ here i'm all about having fun Pants. you know get a couple champ. cocktails and start a fire in someone's kitchen maybe go to no, sea no walls take no my fire. pants off <laughs> God, you took your pants off again take every time what's up champ champ here we have had some racing the euro d'italia is happening evan is not here to uh geek out on it geek out on it because it's his favorite race i'm not sure why i think it's because he has some italian heritage and bit, uh, that's bit. why he's uh he likes the yep. tour of italy uh it has been exciting this week um they did have a mountaintop finish that um had a gravel section really they, yes wow. so they had a one mountaintop finish with the last like 5k on gravel and egon bernal blasted by everybody won the stage took Egon, over the Egon. lead yep. yeah so he's in the the, the yep. maglia rosa the yep. pink jersey yep. the leader's jersey for and apparently that was his first ever grand tour win he didn't win any tdf stages he, when he won the tour no he was he never won a stage he was always second or third really yeah i did not know that that's a good little bit of information so he's feeling good um there was some uh, drama with the race because uh, Caleb Ewan actually won two stages, two sprint stages. Yeah. Good for him. Uh-huh. And then uh, turned around and pulled out. Why? Um, he was only planning on doing like the first part of the tour. And then there's, you know, th- you know, people like calling him out for yeah, being for, soft for, or something. Or, or for not respecting the race and whatever, blah, 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 whatever. You guys can cram it. Um, <laughs> uh, and this morning, uh, Peter Sagan won. Did he really? In a sprint. He won the the stage in a sprint. So good for Peter. Peter is not done. No. I think he's going to do better at the uh, the tour this year than everybody gives him credit for. I think that last year was just an off year for like it was for everybody because of COVID reasons. And I think that he's still got some, uh, some pretty exciting. gas in the tank. 
Um, other exciting news, there was a uh, World Cup mountain bike race in Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic. What is it called now? It's not Czechoslovakia. Sure. Whatever. Uh, and on the women's side, fantastic. We had two people in the front row, um, Kate Courtney and uh, Haley Batten, who started in the front row. Um, actually, the short track race was won by American Haley Batten. Really? On Thursday, yes, she out sprinted everybody and got away. And uh, during the cross country race um, on was it Sunday? I don't know. Anyway, Haley Batten took second. Nice. So Kate Courtney, this is crazy. Kate Courtney crashed on like lap two of five, destroyed her rear brake handle, and freaking Brad Copeland. Is it Brad Copeland or Brian Copeland? Her, he fixed it in the pit. He changed. Her hydraulic brake lever in the pit, and she finished the race. Wait, do they have a pit bike? No. So she had to stop while he fixed it. Yes. I'm not kidding. In like 90 seconds, he pulled off the brake lever um, with hydraulic fluid in it, put a new one on, didn't have to bleed it. Did Um, you happen to catch what kind of brake lever it was? I don't know. She races for Specialized, I believe. So I Because if it's a SRAM with their... They're barbing all of it, so the thigmajig and whatchamacallit or whatever. It might have been. The way that that comes apart, you can actually get away with that without having to re-bleed it. He and freaking did it in the pit. Get yourself a little 8 millimeter deal to loosen that up and pull it off. That's awesome. That was like the amazing thing of the whole race. And Courtney, she, of course, she ended up like 20th or sure, something. But still. but still, he fixed her hydraulic brake lever in the yeah. pit, which was amazing. Anyway, good for Haley Batten. On the men's side... Um, Pretty amazing race. Um, Tom Pidcock ran away from it. Really? He won by a minute over Matthew Vanderpool. You know why? BMC four-stroke. <laughs> he was on a BMC <laughs> four-stroke. Uh, also, Pidcock desperately trying to get um, an Olympic spot for wow. for um, for Great Britain. So, Vanderpool, how, how much does he weigh? Uh, he's like 75 kilos. So he's a little bit bigger of a guy, and not but huge, he's, but like, but he's like six four or something like he's that. Kind of a, he's a he's bigger tall. dude. And yeah, Pickcock is he's a small little wavy guy. Pickcock's like fifty kilos. So no, no, he's not that light. On but, a mountain bike course like that, I think that played to his advantage. Yeah, and he's got some pretty good bike handling skills to boot. So he won by a full minute. Just amazing. Pickcock just rode away from everybody. Yeah, you, know, you get him on some rollers on a road bike. I mean, that's Vanderpool's. Yeah. all day long. But the the mountain bike stuff, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So good for him. Good for Thomas Pitcock. He's only 20 yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So those were both exciting races. They're free on Red Bull TV, which you can watch the whole race on Red Bull TV. Really? So, yeah. Were they streaming it live? They did stream it live. And then the replays you and can the still replays go- you can still watch. Where do you go to Red Bull TV? Is it just like a, their website? Yeah, it's like redbull.tv or something like huh. that. Interesting. I, I just Googled Red Bull TV and it popped right up. So gotcha. that's kind of exciting. Um, in local stuff, uh, actually, our teammate uh, Paige. Paige. Yep, I was gonna. Hopefully, make sure that you were gonna say that. Paige Edwards was at a UCI race in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, uh-huh. and she made the podium in the elite field. I think she took third. First pro women race to land on the podium. podium. Got third place. So just 
fantastic. Yep. It's good for Paige. We were super, she was super stoked. Yeah. I saw her Instagram post yesterday when I was riding on the trainer. That's another long reason why, story why I was riding on the trainer, but neither here nor there. And I was all excited about that. And it was like, literally like moments later, her dad's like shooting me a text with pictures. She won. She won. She's on the podium. Yeah. I'm like, she that's she's on the podium. awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a big feeling right that's there. Big, yeah. She's, High school senior, 18 yeah. years old, you know, got her whole life ahead of her, and she's already landing on the pro podium. Yeah, fantastic. Love so. it. Job, Paige. Super happy Proud for of you. her. Um, uh, other than that, I don't know. Nothing. How did our teammates do at the Vance Creek Road Race? I know it was Ian, and I think it was only one other person that showed up. I Chris think. Hitchcock and Ian. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Ed Dudunik. Uh, Ed, Ed Dudlick? Ed Dudlick. He showed up as well? He did. He went and raced the Cat 5 race because he hasn't done any road oh, racing. Okay. Uh, funny enough, uh, you know, it's Cat 5, so you really know what, never know what to expect. Um, he's still learning how to road race. He ended up going off the front for like four miles solo, and um, that's generally not how you win <laughs> a Cat 5 road race. So he ended up getting caught and finished mid-pack. But, okay. Yeah. Well, good on him, though, for going out there and... Starting to yes you know, for sure. Earn his stripes. Um, Ian strong as heck. Too. Yeah, I, um, Ian uh, Gibson was out there in the forty plus field. Sure. Um, he ended up mid pack as well. He was part of the race, not where the other guy crashed, but that got held up by the crash yeah. where there was some yep. discrepancy. But um, uh, Ian did great. He had a good time. Yep. He just he ended up mid pack. Um, and then uh, Hitchcock uh, didn't complete the race. I don't exactly know what the deal is. It looks like he pulled out after three or four laps. Yeah, I know that he was really keen on trying to help Ian out as much yes. as he possibly could. Yeah. So, and after the crash, that may I don't know exactly what happened, but I haven't talked to um, Hitchcock about that. But gotcha. Kind of um, exciting. They got out there and had some fun. Yeah. So, and this is just a little public broadcast announcement. Ian wants more of our teammates to come race with him. Uh-huh. Yes, he does. <laughs> you know, he was, uh, he let me know about that yesterday and I know <laughs> that it was kind of a tough race for people to get into. It was, uh, I was planning on be there. I got shut down. Yeah. So, but that's okay. Yeah. I thought it was on Saturday. It was on Sunday the whole time Sunday. and it just wasn't going to work for me to go on Sunday. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get more teammates out there, you know, I promise. But yeah, there was only so many slots and people, they did open up a few slots kind of not last minute, but pretty like deep in or pretty close to the race. And it just wasn't going to work out for a lot of folks to get up there so correct we need more racing here in our backyard we do. dang it so for cool i think that's it lance uh yeah that's enough is that enough champ bailey out see you champ thanks appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> all right one last thing you got any one last thingers uh no i'm gonna try to be good you're gonna try and be good yeah operative word try try yeah how do you think that's gonna work out i don't know i don't know what when is this I'm doing two weeks up then and you're going back to see the doc um, by the end of this week, I'll know if I need to have an MRI or not. Um, and then the MRI will show. Is that all just based on symptoms, whether or not you're going to yes. go? Okay. And it's leaning towards not needing an MRI yes, right now. it's leaning towards that. So you'll be at the flogging ride? No. Yes, I, maybe. I don't think the flogging ride's a good idea for me this week. What if we got you an e-bike? I would do the flogging ride on an e-bike, although our e-bikes have a governor yeah, on we, them. Yeah, we got a friend. And we'd have to take the governor off for me to stay no, with no. the group. Just borrow David Root's bike. <laughs> I could borrow David Root's bike. It just doesn't or, have a governor on it. Or listener Scott Troutman owns a uh, moped. Oh, yes. I could You could come out and just like heckle all of us. And, and film. And film. That could be fun. That could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> uh, last One last thing for me. I don't know if I really have one last thing. I just Right now, it's just kind of weird times. We're kind of busy. We've got a new hand here in the shop. 
looking at him right now. He's he's over there working on the bike name. Paul, why don't you come say hi? Paul, you want to jump no. on and come say hi? <laughs> Paul's, Paul's a little shy behind the camera, so good dude. But um, I'm really excited about him being here to be able to help out. He's, A, doing a great job, and, B, it's going to afford me a little bit more time to get a lot of other stuff done, um, and more importantly, be able to get back to people in a timely manner. Yes. And I know that there's a lot of people that are inquiring about the team, and people have questions, and there's just so many things going on right now. There's a lot of moving parts, so that's going to allow me to do more of that, which I'm super excited about, so I guess I'm just thankful. We're thankful for Paul. Yeah, it's good times. So, and Lance is going to be in town for a little while as well. So he'll be down here helping me out. I think yes. maybe until you take off and go to Florida. The, uh, there's a chance I'm gone for a full month or more. Oh my gosh! In um, July and part of August. Yeah, I might be driving across the country and back and adventuring a little bit. Fun. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here holding it down. So. <laughs> All right, we do appreciate everybody listening and watching. If uh, if you're listening to this on the audio version, you can always go check out the stream version of on YouTube, um, youtube.com forward slash dialed cycling. If you want to see what's going on in the studio here today, it was a little off because it was just mostly me and Lance, but uh, we still got some stuff going. It's all good. Covered today it was good. Yeah. And um, if you are watching it on YouTube, thank you very much for watching. Uh, we will have a guest coming up here pretty soon. We're not going to disclose names yet, but um, we're efforting. Yeah, we've got a we're got efforting a for some guests. Pretty big name that might come on. And we're going to try and get a few others too. So yes, should be fun. Stay yeah. tuned. But anyhow, thank you for listening and watching. We will see you all next week. Until then, bye now.